and welcome to our Love Lansing podcast, provided by the Lansing State Journal, part of the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Kelsey Pence, and I'm here to fill you in on what's coming, what you missed, and what you need to know if you truly love Lansing like me. Last episode, we talked about Lansing's first ever hot air balloon festival, which is happening at the end of the month, the new Hot Wheel exhibit at Impression 5, and Lansing's obsession with cracked chicken. If you missed that episode, make sure to check it out. Later on this episode, Kathleen Levy and I are going to talk about the legend of Bigfoot in Michigan. But before we get into that fascinating topic, I'm super excited to learn more about another cool event happening in downtown Lansing later this month. Lansing Brewing Company and Rivertown Adventures are partnering to bring you Oars and Ales, a unique paddling and brew event happening Friday, September 30th. Participants will begin their two-hour kayak or canoe trip at Potter, Potter Park Zoo and end at the Lansing City Market. Participants will then return to Lansing Brewing Company for an after party. I've got LBC sales manager Carrie Brown and Nate Williams and Paul Brogren from Rivertown Adventures here with me today. Guys, welcome to the Love Lansing podcast. Thank you. you. So what can we expect if we sign up for Oars and Ales? If you've never been, what do you expect? You expect a lot of fun to start. Some beer, some shirts, (laughs) some free swag, a great time on the river, hopefully in the sunshine, and uh, you'll see a lot of uh, wonderful and beautiful things along the riverbanks and experience Lansing in a whole new way if you've never kayaked the rivers in Lansing. I know there's an after party, but is there drinking during the kayaking or canoeing? Yeah, so actually you get a crawler, which is a can to take with you on the river. Um, Along with that, we'll give you a crawler koozie as well to keep it cold. So you'll have that with you on your river trip, but then you can come back to LBC afterwards and have some drinks and hang out in our stack house as well. Awesome. Now you guys have hosted this twice before. How did it go those two times? We've had an awesome turnout. We've had a great group of people that love to come out and have fun. We've just really enjoyed the time. I think everybody that's participated has had interest in participating again. So it's been it's been a great event, a great partnership with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had about a uh, hundred people each time that we've done it. Oh, awesome! So that's a big group to see on the river. Yeah, I picture this as kind of like a mob of people floating down the river. Are you in groups? Or are you all in one big group? Or how does how do you arrange it? Um, so what we do is we have uh, four or five different time slots on that Friday evening that you can choose to sign up for. Each time slot has about 25 to 30 people. Mm -hmm. So um, kind of the way it works is you show up at Lansing Brewing Company for some free drinks or food, um, get your Oars and Ales t-shirt and your 32-ounce crawler along with the beer koozie, and then the party bus comes and picks up your group. So if you're at the 430 time slot, party bus will pick you up and take you right to the river where Rivertown Adventures is waiting for you with um, kayaks or the double kayaks or canoes. You can choose any style of boat that you want. Um, And then from there, the the river trip uh, begins. Now, you guys said you've had about 100 people in each of the previous um, oars and ales. What age groups are we looking at? Uh, Over 21, at least. Yeah, the the requirement, over 21. But beyond that, it's really kind of been a wide age group. I mean, we've we've had the young early 20s up to, I don't know, I mean, really, there's no limit. I think everybody can kind of enjoy this event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the river here, um, this trip uh, is on the Red Cedar and the Grand River, and both rivers in this area tend to have kind of a slow-moving current, so it's really kind of a chill, relaxing um, experience, or if you really want to get out there and paddle, you can certainly get your exercise, 
So this trip is great for uh, beginners, intermediate, or experienced kayakers um, due to the, the level one rivers that we have here. How did you guys come up with this idea? I think it was, was it, I think it was a pour it up event, um, a beer and wine tasting event at the city market, Lansing City Market last winter. And uh, we kind of started talking about some ideas to collaborate. Um, I think we both feel very strong, Lansing Brewing Company and Rivertown Adventures feel very strong about um, collaborate, collaborating as small businesses in Lansing and that's what really helps us grow together. And uh, looking at what they do up in the Traverse City area with Paddle for Pints, uh, we thought we could try to find a way to bring that type of experience, in a sense, right here to Lansing um, with the great river system we have, all the boats that we have, and the amazing beer that Lansing Brewing Company produces. And we also knew that LBC just does an amazing job with the events that they put on, with their marketing, and they can really go out there and get a good reach. So we thought this was a perfect pairing, really. Anything we can look forward to this winter as far as you, they said, LBC puts on great events, and I know you guys always have them lined up. Yeah, we have some great events coming up. Um, our anniversary party is on October 22nd. We have been open one year exactly on that date. So we have some great live music, a couple of uh, new beers to introduce on that night, um, and really just looking to invite everybody down and have a big party with us to celebrate. So that's the, the big one coming up. So if you want to sign up for Ores and Ales, where do you go? You would go to septemberoresandales.eventbrite.com. And have you had many people sign up so far? Yeah, we, we definitely have a bunch of interest, um, and we've had several sign up. We do still have spots available at all four fleet times, 4.35, 5.30, and 6 are the times that they'll take off. Um, but there, there are still spots available. How would you convince someone maybe in their 20s or 30s to do this event, especially if they say, oh, I've been all around Lansing? I think as Paul mentioned, it's a different view of the city. You're, you're coming down through the downtown area, you're seeing the fall colors, you're seeing the buildings, you're seeing the beauty that it really has to offer and you get to look at it from a different perspective. And also you get to have a lot of fun, drink some beers with your friends. Now how long is Rivertown Adventures, how long are you guys open? I know we're kind of getting into fall. Um, <clears throat> the last couple of years we've uh, stayed open until around October 20th, um, just as long as the weather really uh, um, plays with us. We'll, we'll get people out there on the river. Um, if, it's, if we have some nice days in November and it's safe to put people on the river, we'll, we'll be ready to do that. So it's kind of weather dependent. Have you paired with other local businesses before to do events like this, or is this kind of your first? Um, I would say at, at this, this type of event, um, this is the first that we've, we've uh, paired with a, a local business. We've done some things. Uh, we had our Jaws on the River movie night. Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks back and we kind of partnered with the city market and the waterfront bar and grill down there um, to do some fun things with them um, and we are currently working on partnering with the Michigan Fitness Foundation to bring bike rentals um, oh, to nice. the Lansing River Trail um, so we are trying to find ways to continue to reach out and I should also mention that with the uh, Oars and Ales event uh, we also have Lansing Party uh, Party Bus Company who is oh. going to be taking the uh, folks to the river. And we've also partnered with Moose Jaw um, out of East Lansing. Um, they're gonna do some fun games on the river to make the river trip during Oars and Ales a little more interactive and fun. So you can play some games and win some free swag. I mean, who doesn't like a, an extra water bottle or a, an extra t-shirt or hat or who knows what's gonna be out there. Um, so that's what helps keep the Oars and Ales interesting. We continue to try to mix up the events actually that are happening on the river while the paddlers are going down river. 
Where will you guys be on uh, Friday? Will you be in a boat or are you going to be running around organizing? Well, running around organizing, moving boats, and making sure that everything's running right. Yeah, maybe someday we'll actually get on the river and, and, and have a beer together. But <laughs> <laughs> right now there's work to be done so everyone else can have fun. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. We really appreciate it. Thank you Thanks so much. You can find more information about Oars and Ales on Lansing Brewing Company's Facebook page at facebook.com slash lansingbrewing. Next up, I'm really excited to talk about our next topic. The internet went wild over a photo taken in the Upper Peninsula that shows a black furry beast in the woods. A photo taken on the same trail 13 minutes later proves that the possible Bigfoot sighting is just a bear. Wah, wah. Why is Bigfoot such a big deal in Michigan, Kathleen? You know, this is a great question. And, and I think that um, Bigfoot tends to thrive anywhere that there is kind of a wooded environment where there are a lot of remote locations, super huge in the Pacific Northwest. And obviously the Upper Peninsula is that same kind of terrain. Um, although Bigfoot has been spotted many times in the Lower Peninsula as well. Interesting. We can't get people off this story. It's been our most popular all week. Do you think a lot of people still wonder if Bigfoot is real or is this more just of an entertaining piece? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two ways on this. Um, <laughs> I found a, a study by a Princeton researcher who um, found that 14% of Americans believe that Bigfoot is real. He also found that um, about a quarter of Americans believe that the government has aliens that they're not telling us about. <laughs> who, you know, maybe crashed in Roswell, maybe crashed somewhere else. Um, here's what I always feel like, you know, remember in the old X-Files show, Fox Mulder had the poster on his wall with the UFO that said, I want to believe. And I think that that really resonates as far as um, Bigfoot and aliens and uh, ghosts and all of these kinds of things we really want to believe we want to think there's something out there that we don't know about i would agree with that it's really fun you know i know when you put this story up a lot of people were joking around the office do you believe in bigfoot do you believe in B bigfoot and that is kind of a i want to believe and i like that there's something magical out there <laughs> to think that there's even might not be magical but well and i think you could even say there are like maybe some plausible theories like maybe there are gorillas that somehow got here that are out there or maybe mm -hmm. there is some life form that we don't know about you know in the in the amazon jungle certainly there are humans that yeah. we don't know about so so who knows exactly <laughs> so do you believe in bigfoot i believe in the possibility of bigfoot <laughs> wonderful answer <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other sightings that you mentioned where have we seen or where have we supposedly seen bigfoot before well, we have supposedly seen Bigfoot actually all over the state. There was a very famous um, Bigfoot encounter in the 1960s in southern Michigan near Monroe. And this lady and her daughter actually uh, said that Bigfoot um, touched them as their, their car was on a country road. Um, that is probably the closest encounter that anyone has ever reported wow. with, with Bigfoot. Um, there was a sighting just this past week in um, the Huron National Forest in Ogemaw County, um, which is northern lower Michigan. And uh, this person claimed they saw Bigfoot run across the road in front of their car or a hunter in a ghillie suit, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so if you were to 
see Bigfoot or think you see Bigfoot, what do you do? Do you call the DNR? Do you, <laughs> you know what? The DNR does get a few calls about Bigfoot. Um, but the DNR said that uh, their wonderful spokesman, John Pepin in the Marquette office, said that um, mostly what they hear are secondhand sightings. Okay. And so, you know, they really, they track all the real things in the woods, like wolves and mm-hmm. cougars and moose and things like that. Um, and they're kind of leaving Bigfoot to other people. So there is a group in the Upper Peninsula that is the uh, Upper Peninsula Peninsula Sasquatch Bigfoot Research Organization and they do kind of keep track and they will take reports and they have a Facebook page with a phone number that you can call. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it had such a big following, but um, this week my fellow lead producer Laura Trapka and I found a uh, Bigfoot Reddit subreddit page (laughs) and I just would never have guessed that exists, but there's almost a subreddit for anything these days. So there are other mythical creatures that some people claim exist. Am I correct on that? You are correct on that. And I wonder how I learned that. I, of course, learned that from reading your awesome story last year. You wrote a big piece on the um, myths and um, mythical creatures in Michigan. What are some of your favorites? Well, one that I really like is, um, and partly this is because I was vacationing up in this area this summer, um, the Dog Man of Traverse City, who uh, is theoretically a Bigfoot type of character, but instead of having like a a primate sort of presentation, he has a dog face. And this um, was popularized in the late 1980s by a radio host who did a spoken word kind of song about it. And now it's kind of a real thing up there where people just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, dog man. Oh yeah, dog man. Um, And who knows if the dog man is real. I'm guessing the dog man is at least as real as Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah, it seems like you wrote about a lot of different creatures. It seems like Bigfoot and dog man are the most popular. Why is that? Do they come from somewhere that's more... I don't know, I guess reliable or I just feel like those are probably the most possible of the other things. Like, for example, one of the other um, uh, sightings that happen from time to time are called the melon heads who live in the woods near Saugatuck. And people think that these people are the descendants of um, kids who were experimented on uh, earlier in the 20th century and managed to escape and and live in the woods. And they're little small people with very large heads. Um, You know, that is way less plausible, I think, than the idea of some animal that we don't know about yet. Yeah, that one actually made me laugh. I reread your story from last October again earlier this week, and um, you described them, or it was they're described as strange-looking little people with large bulbous heads, and that just made me laugh thinking about that and seeing that in a forest. I don't... (laughs) Well, exactly. And the other thing is that there are similar similar legends um, of those types of people in other parts of the country. Uh, like in Florida, there are legends of, of these little melon-headed people, and I can't remember what they call them there, but there's that's a place where a lot of circus people camp in the in the uh, winter time, and so that would sort of be something that would rise obviously from that type of history that the circus is where some unusual people are. So, so I don't know. I think everything, all of these myths and legends probably have some kind of root somewhere in some kind of reality. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> so were you surprised at how uh, many people read this story? I was super surprised. Um, I, but, but in, in retrospect, I'm kind of like, well, 
because if someone is telling me, here's a picture that might be Bigfoot, am I not going to click on that? Yeah. <laughs> click on that. That's very true. <laughs> because because we all want to see and we all, I think that we all want to make these judgments for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to hear what somebody else said. You don't want to take somebody else's word for it. You want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to see this thing myself. I want to listen to this myself. I want to look at this picture myself. I want to, I want to make my own judgment. And 14% of us have judged. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So summer officially ends next week. The start of fall is the 22nd. Where, what are you working on? Are you going anywhere in Michigan around? I am super excited because I'm putting together, um, we're going to have people uh, engage in some voting about the best fall color spots in Michigan. Ooh, I love as, voting. <laughs> as we go into September and October. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and also I have just been kind of doing some research about paranormal activity, oh. theoretical paranormal activity. Yes. You know, that's another one of those things. And so um, we'll be talking about some Michigan ghosts later in the season as well. So where are some of your favorite places to see fall color? Um, I really like um, the Osable Valley, uh, kind of up near Grayling and that area. It's super pretty, nice hills, pretty trees. Um, You know, I think the best fall color is going to be where the best trees and hillsides Mm -hmm. are. Um, And obviously Northwest Lower Michigan is great for that. But also where I grew up around Pinckney, the Pinckney Recreation Area, there's a lot of fantastic trees and a lot of really pretty color too. Mm. Awesome. Well, keep a lookout for that. When it goes live, I will put it on my podcast page so you guys can vote. And feel free to tweet either Kathleen or I to let us know what you think. All right. Before we get out of here, let's get to some headlines you may have missed. The Library of Things at Capital Area District Libraries rolled out about a week ago. The innovative service allows cardholders to borrow hands-on items that can help them learn new skills or explore new interests like a GoPro, camera, telescope, sewing machine, microscope, metal detector, and much more. I think this is a fantastic idea. I just love the idea that you can... um You can try something out before you go and spend a whole bunch of money to buy something for yourself. Definitely. I mean, who wouldn't want to rent a GoPro? I think that you can rent a sewing machine. It's pretty cool, too. I don't know how to sew, but I would like to learn. East Lansing police have received reports about vehicles not yielding to pedestrians in crosswalks, so they're about to crack down on the problem. Officers will be writing tickets and will primarily target schools where children and teenagers are using marked crosswalks. I got to imagine this makes you feel good having uh, two girls in East Lansing. I have two girls in East Lansing and they walk and one of them drives all around town. And our one of our primary lessons about driving in East Lansing is your eyes must be peeled at all times for pedestrians. And, and that is just how it is. So I'm glad that the police are kind of reinforcing that. Definitely. I know when I was learning to drive, my mom would always say, watch out for people debris. Watch out for people debris because <laughs> it would be all over. <laughs> Casual upscale dining with a French flair is on its way to downtown Lansing. Two Lansing business partners will open Envy at 210 South Washington in the space formerly occupied by Brannigan Brothers. There's no set opening date, but they're shooting for November or December. I always love when a new place opens up downtown, especially when it's not a chain. Me too. I like to see what kind of innovative things people Mm -hmm. are going to come up with. And um, I really like French cuisine a lot. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see what's coming here. Underage drinkers would get a pass on criminal charges the first time they're caught by police under a bill that unanimously passed the House Criminal Justice Committee Tuesday. This means that a first minor in possession of alcohol offense would become a civil infraction punishable by a $100 fine instead of the current misdemeanor charge which carries a fine and up to 90 days in jail. 
This one kind of surprised me. Did it surprise you? I didn't know this was even a being considered. I didn't really know this this was being considered either. And I I think um, as a parent of teenagers, I'm not real excited about mm-hmm. lowering the threat to them for for minor yeah. in possession. I think that we need to try to make sure that kids are not drinking too much and getting out there and. So so I don't know. This is a this is a tough one because it, it the, really polarized people. We posted this on our Facebook page, and we had a lot of mixed reactions. So I thought that was very interesting. Chick Fil A has finally announced when it will open in Delta Township. The restaurant, located at fifty six seventeen West Saginaw Highway, will open at six a.m. October thirteenth. The first one hundred adults through the door will win a year of free meals. <laughs> we had somebody on our page write. You won't see me because I'm already in line waiting for the, <laughs> for the free. So I imagine that that is going to be a, a competitive thing, those first 100 adults. I, I think so, too. And I and honestly, I don't get this. I have eaten at Chick-fil-A a couple times out west, mm-hmm. but it's just chicken. And yeah. I, don't, I guess it's really cool. They have this mystique, but I, I don't really get it. I guess I'll have to go out and try it after the crowds wear off in the first couple days. It's It's been so hyped up that I hope your <laughs> expectations aren't too high. Uh, I know they have the special sauce that I had a little, uh, one of my cousin's children always called it the Chick-fil-A special sauce. And so that was the only thing that really set it apart for me. Um, growing up in Indiana, we had them, but it's funny because like I've said before, everybody always wants to, when they come visit me in Indiana, they always have to stop and get Chick-fil-A, which is <laughs> such a weird thing because I don't associate that with Chick-fil-A. Indiana with social with Chick-fil-A, but to each his own. And at Lansing likes to eat. They do. Lansing loves their food and we love them for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Love Lansing podcast provided by the Lansing State Journal, part of the USA Today Network. Remember, all of the stories we talked about today can be found on my podcast page. I'll be here every week to fill you in on the most exciting news you might have missed. If you're feeling out of the loop, visit lsj.com slash lovelancingpodcast and let us fill you in. Mm-hmm.